Fireworks? Hold my beer. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned. We are the 20-minute podcast from the Focus Group. Head over to focusgroupradio.com to learn more about us, download some of our previous shows, and of course, support our sponsors. Unbutton is brought to you each week by our friends at Critics' Choice Video. It's America's classic movie and TV authority. So when you're at our site, you'll see our sponsors listed over on the right-hand side. And uh, support them because they support us. So hello, Mr. Nash. How are you? Welcome to the middle of June, folks. Well, almost the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a few days away from the middle of June and or July, sorry. And um, it hasn't, at least for us, it hasn't felt like a typical July weather-wise. I mean, we've had a couple of hot and humid days, but it, we've had really nice days too. And I'm like, wow, this must be what it's like to live in California. <laughs> well, I always often said that sometimes, although I don't know any more about California, but um, you see those horrible fires they're having um, and they're fearful of the sequoia trees getting. Yeah, um, yeah. Getting damaged. But, um, you know, I used to love California weather. What do they always say? To be a weatherman in California, 72 and sunny, right? And wasn't there an ad agency uh, in California called 72 and sunny? Yes, in Santa Monica. I think my yeah. allergies are killing me. I don't know. Have your allergies been bothering you? Um, Sort of, yeah. But uh, thanks to two medications, Claritin and Flonase, they seem to be under control. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do the Flonase. I, I, did, uh, I did my typical allergy pill, but I haven't done the, uh, the Flonase today. I guess I'll have to do that. The, um, I was, uh, was going to ask you, there's, uh, I got a notice that, because um, you and I used to take Amtrak all the time, back and forth to, uh, to and from our destinations to do the show back in the day, uh, New York City. And I see they have a new route now going up to Tanglewood. Did you see that? Do they really? Yeah. No, I did not. They just opened it last week. And I was going to ask you about it because I know you go up on the, uh, what's it called? The Hudson Line or uh, Empire well, Line, Empire State? Well, that's the name of the some of the trains, but it's this, yeah, the, the line that goes up the Hudson to Rensselaer and Albany, yeah. But I was wondering how they were getting over to Tanglewood, which is in Massachusetts. I didn't know if there was a spur. If it went up the same track and took a ride on the spur, if it went up through Connecticut. I was going to ask you if you had seen it yet, so uh, we'll have to research that and see what what the difference would be. Um, but I'm I'm sure that would change a lot. Tanglewood, for anyone who doesn't know, is just an unbelievable place where they have great outdoor uh, great outdoor concerts and some really top name acts. I think you're going there in the next week or two, aren't you? Nope, nope. This Friday, July fifteenth, a long overdue concert. So uh, prior to pandemic, um, that would be the summer of 2019. Uh, Bob's sister, Sarah, who, um, is a supporter of the Boston pops. And I guess she had a, a season subscription to their concerts and she had two tickets to see the pops perform in Tanglewood. Right. And they do this thing every year. And this, that year they did, um, they played the soundtrack that John Williams composed to star Wars and they show the movie while you're, you know, so you see the, you, you hear the live music, you watch the movie. It was a ball. It was great. At the end of the show, um, John Williams actually came out on stage. He wasn't conducting that night, but he was there because he's like an artist in residence. And everybody was standing up and cheering and clapping. And Bob goes, who's that guy? I'm like, that's John I Williams. I love Bob. <laughs> and, yeah, who's that guy over there? Who's the guy in the coat over there? He ran the concession so, stand. <laughs> 
so then um, I was so happy with that experience. It was really quite cool to have the music perform live and, and to see the movie at the same time. It was just really great experience. Because, you know, I, I, I said to someone the other day that in many, for us growing up, movies were an experience that, and they stayed that way for quite a long time because sometimes you couldn't get a film on VHS. And if you did, it was this kind of low res, you know what I'm getting at, like DVDs, same thing, right. a, little, a lot better, the DVD a lot better than uh, VHS. But so I had bought tickets for the 2020 performance of the Boston Pops performing to the soundtrack of The Empire Strikes Back. And I think that year was its 40th anniversary or something. So you know what came barreling down the highway, which derailed that whole thing. Pandemic right. came to town. <laughs> And I was so dejected. So no, no concerts. 2021, they had a limited schedule because of the whole, we were still dealing with the vaccines a whole bit. So then they announced this season. And indeed on Friday, I'm going up to see the Boston Pops perform the soundtrack to Empire Strikes Back. And I said to Bob, I said, it will be emotional and there may be a tear shed. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before and I think people are going to like either drive off the road or, you know, hit the pause button. But I saw the empire strikes back in movie theaters right specifically a movie theater in orange connecticut 70 millimeter dolby stereo on your little, I on your little moped getting there moped, I, that summer i'm pretty sure we saw it about 15 times oh my god my friend ricky and i would coordinate our part-time work schedules and we'd find days we get on our mopeds and it took forever to get down to orange from you know we had to go through Naugatuck the whole bit <sighs> side roads we get there we always would sit like 10 rows from the front and we'd find the middle and boom and it was just magical and it was the only way to see them uh no we rarely did that we just usually got there got our ticket got in and and you know and it was always like new to me i'm like oh, well, i was gonna say after the 10th or 12th time did you say well, oh yeah i know what's next <laughs> no it's is that yeah it's crazy right so well that's 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 what's happening that's and, and tanglewood's Tanglewood's a very cool place. Yeah. Um, we often go there to do a, you could, there's a lawn, they have this thing called the shed, which is where we'll be sitting for t Friday's performance. Um, and that has covered seating. It's rudimentary. It's like folding chair stuff. Um, but then you could buy a ticket to sit down on the great lawn and have a picnic and you don't have to see anything right. that's going on when the orchestra plays, you can hear it on the lawn. And we've had many, many great picnics there. In fact, I was just reminded of one, um, our friends, Trace and Christine, their daughter, Madeline, when she was really young, we would all go up to Tanglewood and all the adults just wanted to have cocktails and Madeline would be like, do you want to play? I'm like, okay, so we would do Frisbee and all this other stuff. And one time there are these pine trees, big, big, big pine trees with those boughs that come out, they come way, they like horizontal, then they curve up. And we're in this grove and the tree looked like a ladder, frankly, when you're inside the, when you're under these pine trees and Madeline goes, can I climb the tree? And there was a bunch of kids climbing the tree. I said, sure, go ahead. So she starts climbing up. She gets really high and she goes, can I go higher? I go, go as high as you want. And this guy next to me goes, you know, I would never let my daughter do that. And I looked at him. I said, neither would I, man. This is dangerous. And then you hear her little voice go, should I go higher? I said, go as high as you want. Then you hear the guy next to me goes, you know, I would never let my daughter do that. I'm like, neither would I. This, this said that you could fall and hurt yourself. And she's staring at me. And she goes, I can go higher still. And I'm like, no, you better come down and look at him. I said, she's not my daughter. <laughs> Madden. Poor thing. She, uh, yeah, I, I went one time. We saw Diana Kroll. I was with you. <gasps> yes, that's right. That's right. And that's I think right. Trace and Christine were there too. But I know there's a lot of outdoor venues across the country that have music, but there is something very magical about Tanglewood. 
It's beautiful. And oh. it's in the Berkshires. It's a little cooler during the summer because you're up in the hills. And yeah, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm curious as to, uh, I am curious as to what this new Amtrak line is, but we'll have to find that out. So so we have uh, on Unbuttoned today, we've got our uh, three stories to share with you. The first one comes from San Antonio, Texas, and it was kind of the teaser I used to open up with fireworks, hold, here, hold my beer. Apparently, a guy named Pablo Ruiz, I mean, how many beers do you have to have? He was 43 years old, said he'd been drinking with friends during the 4th of July. He decided to light a fire, a firework, a mortar-style firework, on the top of his head. Sounds very plausible. The firework exploded from the bottom and pierced the top of his skull, resulting in his near-instant death. And uh, <laughs> so he resided laughing here, but it says he received severe head trauma, and of course, brain matter had been exposed. But this is apparently not uncommon. Somebody in Maine did this last year because I, I went to look to see, okay, does this really happen? Do people really light fireworks off their head? And apparently people have shot bottle rockets and things, but this thing was quite powerful. And uh, Pablo Ruiz is no, no longer with us. But I just, I read this. It's a short piece that Tim found. It came out of the New York Post. And I just sat here and I stared at it for a minute thinking, why would you ever put an explosive on your head? Right? I don't know what would even, no matter how much you drank or whatever you did, I don't know how you would think that was a smart thing. It's not even remote. Yeah, it's it's like, and, it, and these, the mortar style, <laughs> mortar style firework, a.k.a., you know, and it was like an M7, what are those, the M70s or blast M80s, caps? yeah. M80s. And, you know, I just think with the unpredictability of gunpowder and fire, I, the last thing you want is something next to your brain, which is you, right? I mean, you could damage your hand or your leg, or and, but the minute you, uh, I, I just, you know, and it had, I don't, you know, I know we have a lot of listeners in Texas, um, and that the state has nothing to do with it because someone just, it happens all over the country, but this just, I, I don't know, were they thinking? <laughs> I guess not, right? <laughs> so our next story here, uh, Idaho radio station claps back at critics of LGBTQ pride logos. So there was a radio station. It uh, sounds like it's a uh, classic rock radio station in Boise, Idaho, station 96.6, the Eagle. And they have an Eagle logo. And what they did during Pride Month is uh, in June, they had done the rainbow flag, which you see a lot of corporations and organizations do during the month of June. And they had a number of listeners that made anti-LGBTQ comments. So the DJs had said, well, every time we get one of those comments, the logo is going to stay up another month. So right now they're keeping it up for at least through August because people had made uh, negative comments about the fact that uh, they were displaying their support for the LGBTQ community. But we've seen this everywhere, right? So, Well, more in the last year or two than prior i i don't know maybe i'm wrong about that but the the wave of this anti-lgbtq crap coming from every direction is uh is a it's just kind of well it's disappointing and this was simply i i just no one really knows if they did this to raise profile of the station if they're truly supporting the community they're they're kind of tight-lipped but they're like basically live with it it stays the classic rock there's a big eagle 96.9 the eagle i thought it was kind of interesting yeah, no, so it's, uh, I, I, I like the idea, too, of just um, acknowledging it, but also fighting back a little. I think we need, we need more of that. There was a, 
on a sidebar, there was a lawmaker in Pennsylvania that got his mic shut off. Um, Malcolm Kenyatta, who I wanted, he was running for, for Senate in Pennsylvania, but he called out all the hypocrisy of the Pennsylvania Republicans who had signed on about the fraudulent election. Yeah, wanted the voters to uh, to decide about abortion rights, and uh, it was quite funny. But they they kept the GOP kept trying to shut him off, and he's like, "I won't be shut down." And they're so it's actually an interesting back and forth. But I think we need more legislators like that, in my opinion. Well, you mean more people who actually acknowledge that blue is blue, red is red, red the right. sun is the center of the solar system, the Earth revolves around it, and that the Bible is perhaps a nice book, but not everybody <laughs> has to believe in it, and just as pornographic as others, um, and, and okay. filled with stuff that that people to choose to ignore, then they cherry pick yeah. like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to enslave this person, but I oh that Leviticus, he said, don't lay with another guy. You know, yeah. I mean, just craziness. Um, I, it's not crazy. Sometimes I think it's willful ignorance. I think it's a choice that some of these people are making to either say that I'm part of a tribe and the tribe's going this way. Look at lo- what's happening with Cheney in Wyoming, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, um, so the fact that this radio station did this on their Facebook page and they're in Boise, Idaho, um, I, and a lot of comments came in from around the country. People discovered their station and their, and their page because of this. And they got a lot of positive uh, feedback. So I think it's kind of cool when they do it. And they're like, hey, just live with it. If you complain some more, it's going to be up until you stop complaining. <laughs> yeah, no, very much so. And our, our third story today, it, uh, I saw this and I, it came from some design blog that I was looking at. And it said, LA's massive new bridge is designed for 23 million pounds of people. So there's this $588 million Sixth Street viaduct, it's called. It's the largest bridge project in the history of Los Angeles. And it opened to the public uh, this past weekend, Saturday and Sunday, to to lots of celebration. And uh, not only will it allow cars to travel, but it also has a large capacity for people to walk with access and bridges and parks and also bike lanes. And initially, when I read this, I thought it was similar to maybe what New York City did with the High Line. But I think no, this, is a very different, so yeah, this is a very different project. Would, I, I know you love stuff like this. What did you think of this? I think this is fantastic. This is this is a via, one of the there are about twelve. Um, there were ten or twelve viaduct bridges that were built in Los Angeles to cut across rail lines, highways, and of course the Los Angeles River, which is not always full but sometimes does have water. This uh, particular viaduct was torn down a couple of years ago because they discovered that the concrete it was made out of had a chemical element in it that was literally cr- like breaking the concrete down year after year so it was getting weaker and weaker and it was not up to code in terms of uh earthquake safety and so they reached out and they had an architect a bunch of architectural firms bid on this and the winning design is 10 graceful arches that that, like a link together and and in between them the roadbed is suspended ample room for pedestrian and uh bike lanes and then they took this extra step which i think is a little bit like the high line actually but in reverse you can get off the bridge at key points and below the bridge is park they've developed these ramps that take you up to the bridge you come down to a park area which i think is really cool and i i did a little r&d and i found more pictures of the bridge itself and it's deceptive when you look at certain pictures of it you think that it's a certain way but it's really well designed really cool cool piece of urban architecture and like tim just actually said while it might not be an exact 
metaphor for the High Line, I do think they look at it as a destination right. for pedestrians and bikers, which is what the High Line does as well. So I'm excited to, we're thinking of going to um, Palm Springs sometime, maybe around late October or something when it, uh, when it gets like. When it gets down to, to 90. <laughs> <laughs> when it gets to 95. <laughs> and I said to Bob on the way home, I wanted, we would naturally go in and out of LA. It's just easier to land, get a car and go to Palm Springs. Um, on the way back, I would love to spend a day or two in LA because the Academy, Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences opened up their official museum, which I'm dying to see. And this would be another thing I would do. So I would go to do the museum and do this. And uh, that's the great thing about going to a city you've been to a lot. Like Tim and I have both been to Los Angeles quite often. In fact, I would argue that L.A. Um, may actually be this my second most visited city. Is that possible for you, too? Oh, I, well, New York, because I, I worked there. But, well, you, and I yeah. lived in Chicago, so that doesn't count. But in terms of me working um yeah los angeles new york yeah well and, but also i would say yeah it's probably back and forth between new york but i would say los angeles from in terms of getting on a plane and then followed by uh probably san francisco and um las vegas denver denver <laughs> las vegas oh I'm, my I'm god i forgot about vegas toward, yeah <laughs> vegas because that seems to be where corporate america likes to go to to air their laundry so uh yeah vegas yeah, this was a i'm glad you picked this for today because i just love uh a project like this can only happen when you have a a city planning commission mm -hmm. when you have when you have people dedicated to really doing something cool so the engineers came in and said hey we got bad news the concrete's really bad this thing's not up to code for this new bridge can survive a um a, a nine point a nine point on the richter scale a nine point earthquake 9.0 which is they claim once every thousand years, I guess that's like the every hundred year storms, which come every five, but, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I just love when people really pull together to create something like this, to improve, um, an area, to make it, and then to have the forethought to say, Hey, we got this land under the bridge. We could do a park thing. And, um, you know, I saw pictures from the weekend where they opened the bridge. They had an antique car parade go over the, uh, the bridge, a car broke down during the parade I, I don't know it was and they had those uh what are those cars called the high the low riders yep yep uh they had a whole bunch of those cars doing you know because they they're kind of clown cars in a way because right. they have those jacks that take them up and down and do all kind of fun things and they had people walking and strolling on the bridge so they're going to be a, there's going to be a concert soon they're they're doing something where they're gonna have fifteen thousand people on the bridge whatever but yeah that's a, that's that's on my uh my radar for visiting i'll be curious to see and i I couldn't tell the exact location and I, I probably should have pulled out a map but i'll be curious to see when this starts showing up in commercials because for most people who don't know <laughs> downtown los angeles is really one big commercial set and it's funny if you having shot many commercials in los angeles i can look at them and see oh they they set the camera up this way for this car company and set it up this way for this car company but you see a lot of the same buildings a lot of the same you know passing by shots of running footage and so I'm curious as to when this this new new uh, Sixth Street Viaduct will make its debut and uh, be used in commercials. Usually, when we would be shooting a car commercial, there'd be one or two other car companies a block or two away, as well as Mountain Dew or PepsiCo or somebody <laughs> doing a another shoot uh, close by. And they used to do this thing, and and you know you're 100 right. And once you clued me into this, when you said, "Hey, by the way, just keep your eyes peeled. You're going to see that bridge all the time. You're going to see yep. that building there on the right." So, you know, L.A. has 
a couple of downtowns, right? Like I remember when I first started going to LA for business and I'd be like, I'm in the downtown area. Well, which one? Well, what do you mean? Well, there's the financial downtown right. and then there's the downtown where the convention center is. And then there's Century City and then there's West Hollywood and then there's Santa Monica. <laughs> so they film a lot of these commercials in the financial downtown, which become sort of a go well in the past it became a ghost town often at the end of the day yeah, right People yeah would leave. but it's but because of that it uh it became a great place to shoot movies because it had all the urban mm-hmm. you know architecture and large buildings that you would want to be any city usa but uh yeah pay attention to to some car company commercials and you'll start seeing the same bridges over again and certain and things. look at the time of day they shoot yeah. in they they either had their permits for dawn light you know like break of day or they would do golden hour yeah. and they would somehow get a permit to film from like uh you know three to seven or something like that and they would close the streets down it's i sometimes la is amusing to me because i've always loved the city i know it's really spread out no one walks in la and that's true unless you're in santa monica or i think uh hollywood area west hollywood but it's like um since movie and tv is done there LA itself is a big backlog. Yeah. And now, now we all know that they, the car ads. <laughs> we shut down, I think it was the 405. I forget what it was, but we actually shut down a mile of the highway during Passover. Because um, I remember a lot of the crew needed to, uh, to go and, you know, before sundown. And uh, I just was shocked that we were able to shut it down. I thought, where are all these other, where are these other people going? We were doing this thing with a car carrier. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, with the car, and I thought, okay, I can't imagine. Wait till I see this bill. I think it was three hundred thousand to shut it down for a half hour, but that's how uh, that's how Los Angeles and California make some of their coins. So that's why it's lucrative yeah. to get somebody to shoot in your town, right? There you go. All right, we want to uh, thank you for joining us today on TFG Unbuttoned. Stay tuned for the Focus Group, which comes out on Wednesdays at one p.m. Eastern Time. And you could also find that at focusgroupradio.com, which is our website. And when you're there, you'll learn that Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, is a partner of ours here on TFG Unbuttoned. And click on their logo and take a spin. I call it going down the rabbit hole because there's always something I see that I can get and watch happily. I'm not complaining. Uh, So everybody have a great week and we'll see you in the new one. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com. 